Hey guys, my name is Jared Murray. Um, I'm a grateful recovering addict, also an alumni of Bradford. Grateful to be back with you guys to talk about this next segment. And I'm actually going to discuss a lot about um, what it was like living in my addiction and what it was like when I first started using up until when I got clean and sober. The first time I ever used, I was probably, I was about 12 years old. I was in middle school. So I was in my seventh grade year. It was the first time I got high. And I remember it very vividly. Um, because kind of like what I talked about in the last piece when I discussed a lot about self-centered fear and this feeling of like self-impending doom and always feeling insignificant and not feeling comfortable in my own skin, you know, all those things. The first time I ever used when I was 12, smoked marijuana and um, felt completely comfortable in my own skin. I felt like I had arrived. There was this feeling that happened where like all this fear, all the insecurity, all the feelings of not feeling comfortable in my own skin all went away in that one moment. And I felt like I could be who I wanted to be and who others wanted me to be right in that moment. And so the first time I ever used, it wasn't like I got high with, you know, a bunch of my friends or anything like that. It's like, no, I bought some, you know, marijuana from somebody, went and got high by myself all alone. And I probably should have known then maybe that something was not good, you know, for the first time me using was just me by myself. So, but I still remember that day. So it was so, so significant uh, for me because I felt like this is the way that I want to feel for the rest of my life. And um, all those underlying issues that I had and, like I said, the low self-esteem and all that it just like, it ceased to go away. I was able to suppress it through using drugs. And so when, when I talk about active addiction and I talk about the true reality of the problem, I like to talk about, like, I, I use drugs because of my inability to be okay with myself and the world around me. That's why I use drugs. I'm aware of that today. I wasn't aware of that then. I thought I was just having fun. I was doing what normal 12 and 13-year-olds do, you know, smoking marijuana by themselves. Just thought it was totally normal. Um, but that's kind of what funneled and started to transition into my active addiction was right then after that first use. And so after I used marijuana for the first time after that, I was, you know, drinking every now and then with my friends, stealing out of our parents' liquor cabinets, smoking marijuana on an every now and then basis, not on an everyday basis at that time in middle school. But I was starting to really experiment with drugs and alcohol at an early age in my life. And um, still suffering and struggling with those same internal fears and the same internal self, internal self-centeredness and self-obsession where I always felt like I was the only person in the room. I was so driven by so much fear that created so much anxiety and I was consistently trying to suppress that. And so I, I really kind of found my identity through using drugs. Like I, I found my identity in that because I never knew what my identity was. So people thought my jokes were funny. More people wanted to hang out with me. I felt like I found my acceptance through using drugs and doing drugs and selling drugs. And it just kind of started to make up my identity. I thought it was cool to be that guy that could get you drugs, that could do drugs with you. It just made up my identity. And I never knew what it was. So I just totally funneled into that. And so my, my high school years was probably a big part of, you know, when my addiction was so significant was in my high school years, my early teens when I was an adolescent. And um, my, my freshman year in high school, my marijuana use was starting to pick up. I was starting to smoke more and more. I was starting to get high before school, during school, after school. That transition was starting to happen. I was drinking heavily on the weekends, starting to hang out with a lot of the older people at my high school, and was starting to push some of my good friends away and hanging around some, you know, different crowds and whatnot. But, you know, I like to also not talk about so much about specifically what kind of drugs I use because I think that is in, irrelevant when it pertains to the true reality of the problem because what makes us all addicts and alcoholics isn't what we used or, you know, how much we used or what substance it was or anything like that. It's really the why that we use that makes us all the same. 
because every person I know who suffered from this illness has that same kind of internal fear, the same kind of self-centeredness, the same kind of loneliness that I always felt. And so I like kind of like focusing in on that because what drugs we use, yes, we identify with that, but my disease can look at that and try to make me feel different because I didn't use this substance or I didn't use this substance. I'll have 99 similarities with somebody and one difference, and my disease will focus in on one difference instead of the 99 similarities. And I think it's important for newcomers to be aware of that on how cunning and baffling this illness can be. Um, and I know that's what I wanted to talk about some too with this being a podcast directed towards people coming out of treatment and entering recovery. But anyways, going back to my use, um, my, my sophomore year when I was 16 years old is when things really started to kind of go downhill. Um, that was the first time I ever used uh, my drug of choice. And so I was introduced to my drug of choice at my high school. It wasn't like it was on the weekend at a party or anything like that. Like that. I was at my high school and was introduced to you know, harder narcotics when I was 16 years old. And so I started doing a lot of pills and I started doing a lot of harder drugs right there when I was 16. And ever since, after that day when I was introduced to my drug of choice, it was a one-way down elevator until I got clean and sober at 20 years old with a lot of destruction, a lot of unmanageability, a lot of um, just hurt and pain to myself, to my family, to those around me. And I remember after that day when I was 16 and I was introduced to my drug of choice, I had that same feeling that I had when I first used when I was 12 years old. I was like, this is what I want to do. This is the way that I want to feel. And it was this, this feeling of euphoria where all the fear and all the insecurity and all that once again was gone and I could feel the way I felt like I wanted to feel because I did use drugs because of my inability to be okay with me. And so, um, you know, after that point, it just was a one-way down elevator, like I said. And, and so I started getting into a lot of trouble at school. My, my grades started declining. I was not as active in sports as I once was. I was starting to skip practices and things like that. I was a big soccer player. I loved playing soccer. I played hockey. And I started to not do as well and excel as much in, in sports um, at that point in my life either. And so I got arrested for my first DUI when I was 16 years old. Got pulled over speeding. Had been drinking. Had some paraphernalia and some drugs on me. I was able to manipulate my way out of that DUI because I was great with my manipulation skills and the dishonesty that I exhibited all the time. And so I um, was able to slide out of that one. Not even six months later, I got arrested with another DUI. And so that night, I still remember it um, very well. I was uh, going down the backside of this road in Huntsville on a big mountain called Montesano, and I hydroplaned off of the road and hit this parked car that shot me to the other side of the road, which um, kept me from going off of that mountain that night. And so I'd been drinking heavily, been doing a lot of heavy narcotics at that point in my life when I was about 16 years old, and um, totaled that car. And I remember that when the police showed up and they took me into the police station, they said, you know, never have we ever seen a parked car parked in that spot that kept you from going off of that mountain. Like, we've never seen a parked car there. It was just completely amazing that that prevented me from dying that night. And so, of course, back then when I was in my addiction, I always chalked those situations up to coincidences. You know, I was just never going to be the one that was going to die. I was, you know... That, that was just never going to happen to me. I always felt that way. And so now being in recovery, I can look back at those situations in my addiction and see where a power greater than me was always present in my life and was always there. I was just so driven by my own self-centeredness and so driven by my addiction that I was completely disconnected from it. And so um, now I can look back at that and see like, wow, you know, what, what, what a difference that was that I didn't lose my life that night and got to be able to experience recovery today. And so, um, you know, even after that DUI, I got arrested three more times with three other DUIs in high school. That didn't stop me. 
you know, the, the unmanageability externally that was happening was never enough to get me clean and to get me sober. The DUIs, the problems at home, the consistently getting arrested, my grades declining, getting trouble at school, you know, none of that was enough to jolt me into becoming aware of the problem and being willing to do something about it. You know, because it was bad. Like in high school, it was really bad. There was some of the most unmanageability I ever experienced, both externally and internally, because the internal unmanageability, that fear, that self-centeredness, that loneliness was starting to creep up again. And not even drugs and alcohol was able to suppress it when I was in the middle of like my, my junior year, you know. And so... Going on to a little bit more in high school, you know, I barely graduated high school. I cheated my whole way through high school. I used drugs the entire time. I watched my mom lay in bed depressed for an entire summer. I was consistently getting arrested. I, I was becoming more broken mentally, physically, and spiritually. Things were not going good. Um, I, I cheated on my ACT somehow, you know. They say you can't cheat on your ACT, but the section I cheated on, I got like a perfect score. My parents were like, you're really good at reading. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess so. So squeeze that out somehow. And... um Somehow, you know, made a good enough ACT score to get into the University of Alabama, which it doesn't take much to get into the University of Alabama. Roll Tide. So, um, you know, went down to Alabama at that point in my addiction, already with a full-blown, you know, problem at that point in my life at 18 years old. And, you know, even before that, I would try to get clean. My parents didn't know what to do. They tried to send me to different psychiatrists and ther therapists again after I had all those DUIs, but they were so en engulfed in their own denial, and I was so engulfed in my own denial, and my disease kind of had a grip on the entire family and on everybody, and none of us knew what to do. And so my parents thought, if we just get him out of the house and send him down to college, everything will be fine. He'll grow up, you know, like we just got to get him out of our house. My parents had already almost divorced because of me, and they didn't know what to do besides just getting me out, you know. And so that's a little bit about, you know, my high school years and, and what my addiction was like in high school. And, and that was kind of a, you know, pr pretty bad and significant as far as, you know, living in my addiction in those years. But, you know, the next segment I'd like to talk about briefly about what it was like in college. Um, up until, you know, the experience that happened that jolted me into getting sober.